Welcome to Boca Behind the Scenes. This is where we uh, really find out a lot about the employees working for the city of Boca. I'm Dean Muccio. Happy to introduce a couple of employees that do some awesome work with the city. Chris Helfrick, Utility Services Director, and Ashton Wydock, Laboratory Director. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dean, for having us. Yeah, sure. Chris, tell us a little bit about you, your background, and how long you've been with the city. Well, Dean, I'm a, I'm a native Floridian, uh, born and raised in Florida, and uh, have been uh, in this industry, in the utility industry, for over 30 years. I started uh, out as a co-op engineer and have evolved into being a um, the director of utilities for the city of Boca. Um, I have a bachelor's undergraduate in engineering and a master's, uh, an MBA from FAU. Well, welcome. Great to have you here, Chris. Uh, Ashton, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm from Virginia. I graduated from James Madison University. I moved down here. The weather was a little too cold up north. (laughs) Um, I moved down here and I worked in the private laboratory sector. Um, Before I came to the city, I was a microbiology manager for a private laboratory. And I'm now the laboratory director for the city of Boca. And I manage 10 laboratory analysts, a great group of biologists and chemists. Excellent. Uh, Well, welcome to both of you. Hey, Ashton, let me start with you. Tell us a little bit about the Utility Services Department. What does your department do? Give us a little detail. Okay, so the Utility Services Department, we provide safe and clean drinking water and wastewater services to the 130,000 residents of Boca Raton. We also service some areas that are unincorporated, such, such as some areas in Palm Beach County. We serve not only residential, but we also service commercial and industrial sectors as well. We are a full-service utility. Um, We receive our water from the Biscayne Aquifer. It comes in through a series of wells. We have 52 wells. It comes into the drinking water plant where it's treated and analyzed by the laboratory and then goes out to our Boca residents. And it comes back to the plant and we have a wastewater plant and it is comes through and we treat it again and it goes out as reclaimed water. We are a 100% reclaimed facility. We Our goal has been to create a uh, sustainable water and wastewater utility for the present and for the future as well. Chris, tell us a little bit about how many people make all this happen. How big is your department? Yeah, we um, our facility is located on the corner of Glades and 95. It's uh, a massive site, about 70 acres. Uh, it includes the water, the wastewater uh, facilities, the, the reclaimed facilities. Uh, we own, again, about $350 million in assets. It takes us about 170 employees to, to manage and wow. maintain that. Uh, fortunately, we have kind of a cross-section of all types of employees. We have mechanics, we have electricians, we have engineers, we have chemists, we have biologists, we have water operators, wastewater treatment plant operators, we have computer programmers, um, and all of this is to to manage uh, these assets and facilities and to provide, uh, you know, this exceptional water quality and and level of service that uh, our residents uh, demand and, and we're happy to provide. You've worked in this industry for for a while, um, as you said. What what's unique about Boca? Is there something unique that uh, happens here in Boca? 
Yeah, um, I have been fortunate. And uh, working in those other municipalities, you do see uh, just a little bit different level of service uh, in Boca. Uh, we uh, we respond. I feel like sometimes we are first responders. We mm-hmm. people when they're out of water, yeah. they're they're having problems with their toilets. They are calling us up, panicking. Oh, sure. And sure. So we tend to react, and we have uh, that type of level of service that says we want to get you flowing. We want to provide you clean water, and we don't. We want everything flushing down the toilet to come <laughs> to us, and we're happy to have sure, it. Sure, sure. Uh, Ashton, talk about how much uh, water the average household uses. So the average household actually uses about 248 gallons of water per day. And the average household produces about 108 gallons of wastewater per day. And the average for the city daily? So the average for the city daily is about 32 million gallons per day. And we actually have the capacity to have 70 million gallons per day for our water treatment. Sorry to interrupt you. No, sure. Um, What role does uh, irrigation play in our consumer habits? So some of the, uh, you know, some of these statistics that uh, Ashton brought up, Mm -hmm. you know, right now we're at 233 gallons per capita per day. Uh, 20 years ago, we were at about 450 gallons per capita per day. So there's a lot of things that have happened, which is one, educating the public that mm-hmm. you don't need to irrigate your lawn seven days a week. You uh, can irrigate three days and it's just as appropriate. You can put some irrigation uh, fixtures on so that you get low flows. You can um, uh, also look inside the house and look at low flow toilets, use that, you know certain fixtures. Mm-hmm. So this 50% reduction has been what I would consider a significant drop in what the per capita use in Boca is. Most of our water, uh, if you notice that the difference between the water, what's going out, 32 million gallons, and what's coming back to us, that differential is irrigation water. So if we can reduce that amount, then really everybody, you know, we're not taking any more showers than anybody in West Palm and Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) It's the irrigation uh, portion of it. And, And generally speaking a lot of our residents use uh, potable water for irrigation but if you go out into the unincorporated area they're pulling out of wells or they're pulling out of lakes so in our case they're using our potable water which is cleaner it's good and it doesn't stain the driveways and so forth that you may see in some parts of uh, other cities so the beautification part of it is also uh, an issue with uh, with irrigation of our potable water but we, we think that our residents have done a phenomenal job in reducing their usage. Ashton, if you can, talk about uh, consumer concerns. So some consumer concerns. Um, as a laboratory director, I've been very fortunate. I've had the opportunity to interact with a lot of the residents of Boca and mm-hmm. talk to them about their water quality. Occasionally, we will get a phone call um, from a resident uh, about a water quality issue. An example I have is actually a couple weeks ago, I received a phone call and the customer had black water, (laughs) black particles in their water. Uh 
And the first thing that we do is we get their address, we go out, we take a sample from outside their house, we investigate the service lines to make sure that everything looks okay. We also check for a water filtration system. Um, sometimes residents have a filtration system that they don't even know about, actually. Mm -hmm. And sometimes residents don't maintain these filtration systems. And if you don't maintain a filtration system, you're not really seeing a water quality that is representative from our water plant. In this case, the resident did not have a filtration system. So we came back, tested the water, everything tested fine. All the analysis came back fine. So when I called the customer back, I spoke with him and told him the water quality on our side was fine. Um, but then we go through a little bit of troubleshooting. So my job isn't just as an analyst, you know, it's to test the water, it's also to help residents problem solve. Right. So I asked him, is it just happening in your hot water? Is it one room in the house? You know, are your neighbors experiencing this issue? We're actually able to narrow it down and it was actually a water filtration system, but it was under his kitchen sink. So we had narrowed it down to the kitchen and the problem was coming from his filtration system there. Yeah, I think um, one of the kind of one of our strategies and it's also kind of a business strategy is also to, it, we're problem solvers. So when people call us up and say, gosh, I have an issue, we, we go one step further and also try to figure out what is the issue. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't know. We've had people call up and they've said, no, I don't have a filter under my sink. They've lived there for 20 years. We said, just look under the sink. And all of a sudden they say, oh my gosh, there's one there. I've had it there for 20 years. Right. I can tell you, if you had a filter under your sink for 20 years, yeah. it's not good water. Yeah. You, you need to, to manage those properly. You need to, and, and we're not advocating to use them or not to use them, it's it's really a personal preference on. on if you have part. one, you need to you need to manage get it, it. Checked, you need manage to, it yourself. You need to, to just yeah. like your refrigerator. I'm sure, sure, sure. You, know, you have filters in there, right. and you you replace those periodically. So, a lot of times people don't know they have them. So, you know, our our whole department, including the laboratory and also the field people that go out, what's the problem, Mrs. Smith? What can I do? How can we figure out why your consumption is so high? Mm -hmm. Have you checked your irrigation lines? Have you checked your irrigation system? You know, it could be running for six, seven, eight hours a night. If you're doing that seven days a week, you're going to get a big bill. And you may even get a, a Christmas card from me. On, on <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I think, I think another thing, too, um, <laughs> <laughs> the residents of Boca, they have confidence in us. Um, as in the laboratory, we run 43,000 tests a year. So that's a lot of wow. testing. Yeah, awful lot of testing. And um, our job is to communicate with the water treatment operators and also the wastewater operators. If we notice any small issue in the results, we're going to communicate with them immediately. And this helps prevent a larger issue, a potential you know, big issue sure. from stemming. And these are kind of the checks and balances that we have all within the, the whole utility department. One of the things uh, Ashton and I, you know, sometimes we get people talking about bottled water. And, yeah. And, you know, why Please should, talk I, about should that. I have bottled water or shouldn't? So Ashton has a great example of, of uh, being in a laboratory and doing some of the research on bottled water. And I think it was kind of interesting that she may bring that up. Because my wife has to have bottled water. Well, so let's uh, this conversation. Okay. She is going to. She might not want be, to. Yeah, she. All right. You will come home a hero. Uh, Mario, make sure we uh, get a copy of this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Ashton. So actually, in my last job, we actually tested um, some different types of bottled water. And some of the bacteria levels I saw in there 
I would not want to be drinking that water. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Actually, you wouldn't think that. But, I mean, when you do think about it, uh, think, you know, bottled water is, it's, it's stored in plastic, which contains industrialized chemicals. It, it sits on the shelf. Right. It's produced and sits in a warehouse, sits yeah. on the shelf in a grocery store. It's exposed to hot and cold temperatures. And it just doesn't, you know, receive the amount of testing that's needed. And it's just, I mean, those chemicals that are in the plastic for the water bottles, they're potential carcinogens. And then that bacteria level, I would definitely not want to be drinking. Yeah, we, uh, you, you kind of think about a timeline uh, of, of water getting mm -hmm. to your house. And, and, you know, they if they produce Zephyr Hills water in Zephyr Hills, Florida, it's sitting on the shelf. We figured probably by 10 weeks you may be drinking that water. In our case, the water is to you within 24 to 48 hours. Right. So it's very dynamic. Ours is very dynamic. Like Ashton said, we are testing it on a regular basis. Sure. So the comfort level of knowing when that tap, when you open up the tap, that that water is clean you know, people think bottled water is much better. And by the way, bottled water is not my competitor. So right, this right. has no benefit to me other right. than to say, hey, we want to educate the public that bottled water really may, you think you're you're saving yourself or thinking you're better, but it's really taking it out of the tap, drinking it, putting it in the refrigerator, you're going to get as good it's, of water. Yeah, it's just as good. In the Which, by the way, water. I was happy to see that the, the Boca Chamber has one of the bottle. Uh, one of those bottle areas where you can fill up your bottle from the uh, from the sink, as opposed mm -hmm. to you know the old way you used to push the button and try to get your bottle underneath <laughs> right. it. Now you can just stick it in yeah. there and and it fills it up. Yeah. So we have those all within <laughs> City Hall now too. So we're trying to create the convenience of people using uh, the 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 fresh water that we we have to offer. It's also more environmentally friendly as well to drink you know tap water from Boca and. It costs a lot less as well. Bottled water can be very expensive. Yes, it can. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I'm, so, I, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm so happy to meet both of you. Uh, finally, uh, hurricane season. Yeah. What kind of preparation goes into your department for the thought that we may get hit by a hurricane? Yeah. So, um, you know, with a, with a hurricane, there's, there's multiple things that people are concerned about. One is losing electricity. Sure. So electricity is, is powering everything that we do. The, the lift stations that are in the, uh, in the subdivisions mm -hmm. that are basically the, the flushing that people, the showering and water. So we want to create that uh, quality of life as quickly as possible. So we have roughly around 70 to 80 generators that we deploy out to these strategic assets to, uh, to keep operating mm -hmm. uh, after a storm. In addition to, the, um, to those generators at the water plant and wastewater plant, we have generators that are run that system at full capacity. So we can run for 20 days without needing electricity. And if we reduce the power, because usually demands go down, people don't use as much, we can go up to 30 days without power. That's phenomenal in a, in a sense that we can try to get people sure. back to quality of life as quickly as possible. Sure. In addition, we have people 24-7 that uh, during, uh, after a hurricane, mm. we don't let anybody out during a hurricane. Right. But after a hurricane, we go out and we are running these generators, we're turning things on, we're trying to get people back to their normal. Uh, fortunately, we have never had any water outages on a grand scale. Sure, a tree might have pulled a, a residential service line and they may be out. 
but for the most part, we've never had any catastrophic failures with the with the utility uh, system as a whole. What can residents do to help? Um, you know, when when we have the devastation of a hurricane, are there certain things that we can do to help uh, your department? Yeah, yeah. There. Um, so trees, like anything else, are our utilities are underground so when the trees are on top of our stuff and they fall down they tend to pull those lines out so trying to get those ficus hedges mm -hmm. off of our system the other thing is we always uh tell people is try to reduce your usage you know you don't need to turn on the irrigation system with the right. rain and so forth. right and we have a little saying um if it's yellow mellow if it's brown flush it down that creates kind of a water conservation of it too. So I'm learning so much here today. <laughs> Do you I want to take that home to your wife? I, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> but those are, you know, little slogans to uh -huh. remind people sure. to conserve water and try to use it because there is all power outage. And I can tell you from a, a, a small survey that I did in, in um, I think it was Hurricane Wilma, I asked people, would you rather be without electricity or without water? And 100% of them said, I would rather be without electricity than water. Sure. Uh, it, it, you don't realize how much you're washing your hands or you're flushing or you're saying, oh, my gosh, I can't use water. So our goal is to try to keep that service to our, uh, to our customers. And, and we do a very good job at it. We think we, we've done so far a good job at it. So. Well, it's nice meeting both of you. Yeah, thank uh, you for having us. Thank great, you. Uh, thank you great, much. great information. I mean, uh, it's I, this is why I really enjoy meeting the different uh, people in the different departments because yeah. I'm learning so much, and I know our our listeners are and viewers as well. Uh, Chris Helfrick, uh, Utility Service Director in Ashton Wydock uh, Laboratory Director. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you, Dean. Thank, thank you. you for having us. This, this is, great. is Boca Behind the Scenes, the City of Boca. We're finding out so much.